So <laughs> I think it's safe to say that we're both addicted to our phones. Oh, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say that we thought we were, but now looking at it. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about this book and it's terrifying. Yes. As I texted to you earlier this week on my phone <laughs> that I have this intense fear of my phone now and yet I am still very, very addicted to it. Yeah, I agree. I'm listening to the book on my phone. <laughs> wow. And it's, yeah, it's alarming. It's All everything. Right. I do everything on my phone. Well, so does everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can do to manage this challenge. Let's be in charge of our phones. Let's do it. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. This month, we are on a mission to detox from our devices and get more aware of our connections to technology. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. And I also happen to be a human. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I will do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month at a time. I'll be playing along too, and as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. So our monthly challenge for December is focused on examining our relationship with technology and in particular, our modern day love affair with our phones. Jenny and I think that with the holidays approaching, it's a great time to focus on time with those we love and technology can certainly get in the way of connecting with others. Every time we pick up our phones, it can subtly show that to those around us that we are thinking of something else and it has certainly become the norm. We are aware that most of us are a bit addicted to our phones and we want to look at our own cell phone use and make intentional choices about how we use technology. You've heard of sitting is the new smoking. Well, lately I've been hearing scrolling is the new smoking. So consider these terrifying stats. Americans check their phones about 47 times per day. For people between 18 and 24, the average is 82. Collectively, this adds up to more than 9 billion phone checks every single day. The average person spends more than four hours a day on their phones. That amounts to about 28 hours a week, 112 hours a month, or 56 full days a year. Nearly 80% of Americans check their phones within a half hour of waking up. Half of us check our phones in the middle of the night. Among 25 to 34-year-olds, it's more than 75%. We're using our phones so much that we're giving ourselves repetitive strain injuries such as texting thumb, text neck, and cell phone elbow. More than 80% of Americans report that they keep their phones near them almost all the time during waking hours. And for that matter, at bed in bed too, yeah. right by their bed. Nearly five out of 10 Americans agree with this statement. I can't imagine my life without my smartphone. And uh, here's a kicker. Oh, no. Nearly one out of every 10 American adults admits to checking their phone during sex. Yes, Jenny, sex. I I have a lot of questions that I'm not going to ask about that stuff. I don't know if I want to get into the details here on this podcast, but that's crazy to me. Yeah. Okay. So going back to that, um, the one that you said about the repetitive strain injuries, like texting thumb, text neck, and cell phone elbow. Um Incidentally, I have an appointment with you tomorrow for your chiropractic services. But I'm wondering, um, like, is that something that you see with your patients related to really? Yeah. 
Well, and oftentimes like teenagers or young people will come in and they've got neck pain and upper back pain. And then I'll look at them and I'll say, okay, I'll hand them my phone and I'll say, show me what you do when you're sitting and looking at your device. And there's a huge correlation. So I do a lot of education about posture to make sure that kids in particular, but adults too, when they're looking at their phone and you know, the whole reason we're doing this month's challenge is so that we can recognize that we're all addicted to our phones yeah. uh, and how much of a challenge and a problem it is, which we're definitely going to get into more because it's rather terrifying, but especially for young kids when their brains are still forming and there's that piece of it along yeah. with the musculoskeletal stuff that I see in my and office. you can't even fault them for it. Like you, you really, and that's, and I think it's worth saying too, like all of this is not to shame anybody for their phone use because this is amazing technology. It's designed to addict us. It's yes. designed to make us want to look at it all the time. Yeah. And the more we learn about it, and then we can break up with our phones and create a new relationship that's a bit more productive and sustainable for that matter. I haven't really had many people ask me from the perspective of they think they have a problem with being addicted to their phone, mm-hmm. maybe that's going to start happening as people start to recognize that this can be a problem. And especially as we're talking about it on the podcast, maybe that'll come up more often. Hey, like yeah. I never thought about how much I'm addicted to my phone. What did you do? Well, And I think because it's so common. Sure. Well, and everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. So we're going to talk about it this month and you and I are going to really take a look at what we're doing and see if we can make some changes. Mm-hmm. So hopefully other people will follow suit. Absolutely. Okay. So here's the challenge. Let's get intentional about that use of our amazing devices and be the boss of our phones rather than letting them be the boss of us. It's time to wake up to the reality that wireless mobile devices, also known as WMDs, are are causing damaging changes to our brains. And then it's time to make some major changes that will allow us to break up with our phones for a while at least with the way that we're currently using them, and then make up with them in a way that allows us to create a new personalized relationship that is both sustainable and makes you feel good instead of yucky. Definitely. So I know that I spend way too much time on my phone. I have it in bed with me to chill out every night. And I, even though I'm doing it to try and relax afterwards, if I'm honest about it, I don't feel good. Like no. I absolutely don't feel good. So I've also really been noticing that lately I'm struggling to focus and I'm struggling to get into flow into that state where you're doing something and it just feels good and natural and time kind of stops and you do your thing. Uh, and my concentration in general is not as good as it, as it has been in the past. Mm -hmm. So after reading some of the research about what being on the phone all the time does to your brain, I've realized that there's a correlation and I'm kind of terrified of my phone but I'm still irresistibly addicted to it. (laughs) So it's a challenge that I'm ready and excited to take on making this change this month because I want to take back a lot of the time that I've been wasting or scrolling or Mm. on the phone and and not really doing anything productive Yes, or anything that makes me feel good. So I know that the phone has some benefit and I want to find out what that is, but take out other crappy stuff. Yes. How about you? Um, So... I've done a digital detox before and I'm looking forward to getting my phone use in check. Like I can definitely feel that I need to. Um, I know I felt calmer and I really became of what aware of what a reflex it is to check my phone for every little curiosity or notification. Um, and I'm really committed to keeping my phone in one location in my home. This has been something that has worked for me in the past is I've noticed that say, if I'm sitting on the couch and I go to do something in the office, I pick up my phone 
and I bring it with me. It's like my little thing that I bring to every room with me, no matter what, you know, say I'm folding laundry. I go to get the laundry. I bring it. I bring up the laundry. I have it with me so I can listen to something, watch something while I'm doing it. It's, it really fills in all those gaps where you're never just kind of on your own. You know, you always have that, you know, for me and and it's the good with the bad. Like I love that I can always be listening to a book, listening to a podcast that I can really harness those times to benefit myself. That's fantastic. But it's, there's something to be said for that weird thing about always dragging this device with you and always needing that little something. So, um, for me, that's been an important part when I've done a digital detox is keeping it in one spot in my house, not sleeping with it beside my head, those kind of things. And also, um, using the strategy of monitoring to track my daily use, which we'll talk about later today too. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. That's going to. Yeah. It's an eye opener. We're going to wake, we're going to be woken up by that one. Mm -hmm. All right. So to help us focus on this month's challenge, we are reading the book, how to break up with your phone by Catherine Price. Uh, This book is awesome. And uh, we really recommend it. If anybody out there is also struggling with being addicted to your phone, the book is divided into three parts. So the first part is called the wake up. And here's where she terrifies you with the research and the stats (laughs) and tells you about all the terrible things that your phone is doing to your attention, to your focus, to your sleep, to your relationships. So we will share some of these with you because even though we don't want to scare you too much, the fear of that will help motivate you to make a change. And that's what it's doing for us. So Mm -hmm. we hope that that will be the same for you. The second part is called the breakup. Here's where she gives you a 30 day plan, which is awesome. And it's step-by-step changes that will allow you to stop the behaviors associated with your phone that are causing you to want to make a change. We'll share this plan with you as we go through the next month and let you know what happens for us as we follow the steps involved in this breakup. This will include a trial separation where we give up WMDs all together for a 24 hour period, a phone fast. Spell with a PH. Love that. Love it too. All right. And the third part of the book is called the makeup. So it's not all bad guys. Um, there are many good things about our phones. Absolutely. And we recognize this, otherwise we wouldn't have them with us all the time, Mm -hmm. but in the makeup, here's where you learn to set boundaries so that you can enjoy those good parts of your phone while also protecting yourself from the bad. So again, this book is amazing. When I read it, I was immediately terrified of all the ramifications of what my phone has become in my life. And I'm addicted. 100% hands down. I'm not feeling good about my current phone use and everything in this book identifies why. And then it gives me hope for a positive future where I can create a better relationship with this thing. Okay. So let's start by sharing the author's open letter to her phone. Dear phone. I still remember the first time we met. You were an expensive new gadget available only through AT&T. I was a person who could recite her best friend's phone numbers from memory When you were launched, I'll admit that your touchscreen caught my eye, but I was too busy trying to type a a text message on my flip phone to start something new. Then I held you in my hand, and as things started moving fast, it wasn't long before we were doing everything together, taking walks, having lunch with friends, going on vacations. At first, it seemed strange that you wanted to come with me to the bathroom, but today it's just another formerly private moment for us to share. We're inseparable now, you and I. You're the last thing I touch before I go to bed and the first thing I reach for in the morning. You remember my doctor's appointments, my shopping lists, and my anniversary. 
You provide gifts and a festive emoji that I can send to friends on their birthdays so that rather than feeling hurt that I'm texting instead of calling, they think, ooh, animated balloons. You make it possible for my avoidance strategies to be construed as thoughtfulness. And for this, I am grateful. Phone, you are amazing. I mean that literally. Not only do you allow me to travel across time and space, but I'm amazed by how many nights I've stayed up three hours past my bedtime staring at your screen. I can't count the number of times we've gone to bed together, and I've had to pinch myself to see if I'm dreaming. And believe me, I want to be dreaming because ever since we met, Something seems to be messing with my sleep. I can't believe all the gifts you've given me, even though many of these gifts are technically things I bought for myself online while you and I were, quote-unquote, relaxing in a bath. Thanks to you, I never need to worry about being alone. Anytime I'm anxious or upset, you offer a game or a newsfeed or viral panda video to distract me from my feelings. And how about boredom? Just a few years ago, I'd often find myself with no way to pass the time other than to daydream or maybe think. There were even times when I'd get into the elevator at the office and have nothing to look at but the other passengers for six floors. These days, I can't even remember the last time I was bored. Then again, I can't remember a lot of things. Like, for example, the last time my friends and I made it through a meal without anyone pulling out a phone, or how it felt to be able to read an entire magazine article in one sitting, or what I said in the paragraph above this one, or (laughs) whose text I was looking at right before I walked into that poll, or whatever. My point is, I feel like I can't live without you. And that's why it's so hard for me to tell you that we need to break up. Awesome. I love it so much. Ooh, that hits close to home, oh, doesn't in it? In so many ways. Yeah, Ooh. I love it. Yikes. All right. Well, the next thing we want to talk about is uh, something called the compulsion test that this author uh, talks about in the book. Big yikes. And... Uh, So here's what it says. If you're curious about the status of your relationship with your smartphone, try taking the smartphone compulsion test developed by Dr. David Greenfield, founder of the Center for Internet Technology Addiction and psychiatry professor at the University of Connecticut School of Medicine. So there's all these questions and basically you have to circle ones that apply to you. So some of the questions are, do you find yourself spending more time on your cell or smartphone than you realize? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you find yourself mindlessly passing time on a regular basis by staring at your cell phone. Check, check. Yes. Do you learn, do you seem to lose track of time when you're on your smartphone? Yes. What do time you, is it? <laughs> do you find yourself spending more time texting, tweeting, or emailing as opposed to talking to people in person? Mm-hmm. Yes. Has the amount of time you spent on your smartphone been increasing? Yes. Yeah. Do you wish you could be a little less involved with your phone? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> do you sleep with your phone turned on under your pillow or next to your bed regularly. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Do you find yourself viewing and answering texts, tweets, and emails at all hours of the day and night, even if it means interrupting other things you're doing? Yeah. 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 Do you text, email, tweet, Snapchat, Snapchat, Facebook message, or surf while driving or doing other similar activities that require your focused attention Uh, and concentrations? Not while driving. No. Um, Do you feel your use of your smartphone decreases your productivity? Yeah. Yes. Do you feel reluctant to be without your cell or smartphone even for a short time? Terrifying. Yeah. Do you feel ill at ease or uncomfortable when you accidentally leave your smartphone in the car at home 
or if you have no service or if your phone is broken. 100%. Yeah, I feel like everybody resonates with that. Yep. When you eat meals, is your cell or smartphone always part of the table place setting? No. So mine has been a lot, but lately, no. So that's, but that would be answered yes, regularly. Yeah. When, you, when your smartphone rings, beeps, or buzzes, do you feel an intense urge to check for text, tweets, emails, updates, and so on? Understatement. Yep. Do you find yourself mindlessly checking your phone many times a day, even when you know there's nothing likely new or important to see? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's all the questions. And here's how he interprets people's scores. If you got one or two out of 15 and answered yes, then your behavior is normal. But that doesn't mean you should live on your smartphone. If you got three or four, your behavior is leaning toward problematic or compulsive. Five or above, it's likely that you may have a problematic or a compulsive smartphone use pattern. Eight or higher, if your score is higher than eight, you might consider seeing a psychologist, psychiatrist, or psychotherapist who specializes in behavioral addictions for a consultation. How many questions were there? Fifteen. Oh, Peg, like, would you not think that most people are going to have eight or above? Well, then the next sentence is this. If you are like most people, you have just discovered that you qualify for psychi- psychiatric <laughs> evaluation. <laughs> oh, so I knew that. Basically, the only way to score below five on this test is to not have a smartphone. Yeah, right? So this compulsion test, though, was actually made by a guy who studies addiction to technology. So there's something to be said for the fact that these phones are designed to make us addicted. And by the way, um, I will put uh, this compulsion test and links to some of the other stuff that Jenny and I've been talking about in the show notes so that you can take a look for yourself and you're going to get the same that we got basically if you answered those questions as we did. So the fact that everything is so universal, this is the other thing that's cool. It doesn't mean that they're harmless Mm -hmm. Uh, just because here was it. So the next time you're in public, take a second to notice how many of the people around you, including children are staring at their phones. Then imagine that instead of looking at their smartphones, those same people are shooting up. Yeah. So that's an extreme that example. That was an interesting example. But though. it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, Yes. Uh, do you notice that at restaurants? Yeah. Like I'll see people sitting with their partner and they're not talking to each other at all. They're just looking we, at the phones. The one year we went out for our anniversary, which is Valentine's Day. So we were at the keg on Valentine's Day and there was a couple sitting beside us who the entire meal, like the entire time we were sitting there, they did not talk to each other. They were both on their phones the entire time and did not speak a word. Do you think they were texting each other? I want to believe that, but no, I don't think so. (laughs) It was was a little bit sad. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe they weren't a couple. Maybe it was just such, there wasn't a lot of seating and it was uncomfortable. I don't know. Maybe they just saw each other alone in line and decided to sit next to each other. Maybe. Maybe. Wow. Anywho. So in this book, there's also a 30 day breakup. Which is perfect for us in our one month challenges. I mean, that seals the deal is this being the book for us. For sure. Anything that involves a 30 day plan. Hey, we can get after that. So there are obviously because there's 30 days, we can break this down into weeks. So, um, the first seven days, we're going to go through and kind of explain to you what they are. Do you want me to just list them out, Peg? Yeah, you list them out and I can add some details if need be. All right. So number one, download a tracking app. Well, if you have an iPhone that is somewhat up to date, you already have a tracking app. There is a thing called screen time. And if you are on your main screen, so you hit the button on your phone and you scroll down to the bottom, more than likely, unless you've really adjusted your widgets, you will see a thing called screen time. You can also look at that and it'll give you data on how much you use your phone. You can also see it in settings too. In settings, okay. Also, alternatively, if you don't have... 
you don't have a smartphone or if you don't have an iPhone in Android, you could use the Moment app mm-hmm. and there's other apps available. So you could just go to Android and yes. and probably type in the search bar. And until this one, uh, that's tracking what I'd always use yeah. and I liked. I liked moment. So I'll put a, I'll put a couple of options in the, in the show notes if you're looking for that. So that's the first thing you're going to do on day one, day two, you're going to assess your current relationship with your phone, which is basically, you're going to see where you're at. So what do you love Mm -hmm. about your phone? What don't you love about it? What changes do you notice yourself positive or negative notice in yourself, positive or negative when you spend a lot of time on your phone? Uh, so just basically getting in touch with what is it about the situation that you love. The author said that when she recruited 150 people to kind of go through, be guinea pigs for her, yeah. I, I said guinea pig, I like yeah. it, when, to be guinea pigs for her pro- program, that most of them, when she said she was doing a digital detox, they're like, I need to do that too, without her prompting yeah. them. So I'm wondering if you're listening to this, maybe that's how you feel too. Yeah. I, I feel like that. I felt like even before I knew, read the book, I felt yes. like it was something that I needed to do. So the book just sealed the deal. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of want to get into touch with uh, where you're at currently with your phone. Mm-hmm. Number three, start paying attention. Pay attention to how and when you use your phone and how you feel when you do so. So over the next 24 hours, try and notice situations where you nearly always find yourself using your phone. So like if you're waiting in line or like you said, sometimes when Ethan or Jeff have gone to the bathroom or yeah, like in I a know, restaurant. yeah, in a restaurant or if you're, you know, a passenger in a car or if you're, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. In between appointments or yeah. whatever it might be, where, whatever you have in between times, mm-hmm. um, how does your posture change when you use your phone? What's your emotional state right before? Are Oof. you bored, curious, anxious, happy, yep. lonely, excited? So what's your emotional state right after you use your phone? Do you feel better or worse? Mm-hmm. So when That's I checked important. into that, I really noticed that I didn't feel better. Yeah. Take stock and take action. Look at the results from four days of tracking. Assessing the first three days, create a little speed bump. Do you want to explain what a speed bump is for this one? So a speed bump is, um, and this is something that our friend James Clear talks about, when you want to make a habit something that's going to stick, you have to make it as easy as possible. When you're trying to get away from a bad habit, you want to make it as difficult as possible. So yes. adding some speed bumps. So you gave a good example with your, where you... Yes, I leave, uh, I've been trying to make sure I'm leaving my phone at the front door. We have a little shelf and I leave it there. So if I want to spend time mindlessly scrolling, I'm standing at the front door like a dolt in our entryway. Um, <laughs> Which is good. Hunched over my phone. I like also that we're calling James Clear our friend now. Oh, I know. It's like we're getting to know each yeah. other. Now, now he's our friend. Aww. He's not like our online pretend best friend yet, but he's our friend. Okay. Uh, all right. So Number five, delete social media apps. I think this is a really good yeah, one. Yeah, this is a really good one. And probably for a lot of people, one that will cause a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Because I think a, a lot of people, that's maybe their number one thing that they're looking at on their phone. And I yeah. think I'm guilty of this because yeah. I do the mindless scroll just to yeah. zone out yeah. and for hours sometimes. So what the author of the book describes or suggests is that delete the app off of your phone. And then if you want to look at social media, you can still look at social media, but you have to open a browser on your phone yes. and then type it into the browser in order to look at it or look at it only on your desktop. Mm-hmm. So that makes it, that's like adding a speed bump. It's adding another yeah. step. And um, 
as we were talking about earlier, oftentimes the browser versions of the Facebook or Instagram yeah. are clunkier and they don't give you as many options and yeah. they don't have as many notifications and things that keep you addicted to it. Absolutely. So um, deleting social media apps. Let's see if... if uh, Jenny's, Jenny's already way ahead of us on this one because she doesn't really do social media. Um, I'm going to struggle with this one. I'll be curious to know how you feel, listeners, about and this. And let's... let's I, as much as it, it may sound like I'm a complete, like that I like that I'm just like, oh, I don't know how to do this. So I, <laughs> I did, I find that with me, with social media, I tend to be a pretty early adopter. Uh, like I like the new, sure. like whatever thing comes out, like the fun of it. Um, but I find I have a pretty quick arc of my relationship with social media where it's like, oh, this is really fun. Oh, this is starting to be yucky. And then I can't okay. do it anymore. So I've been about... I want to say maybe seven years now without Facebook. I think it was seven years ago I deleted Facebook and, and feel deactivated my account and haven't looked back and, but do occasionally notice. But anyhow, we can get to that another time. But number six, come back to real life. How do you want to spend your reclaimed time? Yeah. So this is one of the things when I read this, I had a moment where I'm like, oh, what would I do with that extra time? And I really had to think about it. Mm-hmm. I've been so conditioned to use my phone that I'd have to think, oh, well, I really want to learn how to speak Spanish and I would like to play my guitar more and maybe do more stretching or maybe more exercise or maybe just interacting with other humans. Yes. <laughs> All of these things are good things. So you can actually make a list on day six of some of the things that if you could claim back <laughs> potentially hours of time yes. every day, what is it that you want to do? How do you want to spend some time in this life? Like looking at people's faces or maybe a book instead of Facebook. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, nice. I like that. Number seven, get physical. You just alluded to this. Yeah. Um, the example they give is go for a walk without your phone. There's something to be said for living only in the space from your neck up and only yeah. staring at a screen. It makes us like partly computer instead of human beings and we're motion machines. So moving your body and getting your blood pumping. And we talked in length, one of our challenges a few months ago about how good exercise is for you. So Mm -hmm. move your bodies. Yes. All right. With that said, now it is time for a segment that we call who are you anyway, where we encourage you to reflect on a question or a concept to know yourself a bit better, which will hopefully be a good aid as you take on some new habits. So our who are you anyway question is, how much time do you spend on your phone per day? Well, Peg, this is one that you and I can't fudge because these amazing devices have all of the data. So in our iPhones that we have, there's a feature called screen time that we just talked about. Um, and it's in settings and it gives us the horrible truth. So, so uh, FYI for those people listening, <laughs> Jenny and I, when we, when we're getting ready to record podcasts, we often have some things scripted so that we have some cues as to what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and we decided tonight because we wanted the um, reactions to be authentic, to not look at what our screen time has been for the last week. So we're going to do that now and you'll be, you'll be able to hear what, uh, what we've been doing on our phones over the last week, uh, Uh, just to give you an idea. So Jenny, where are you at? Give me your stats. Let's go. Okay. So let me know when you've got yours opened. Okay. So when you open the screen time app, it will give you where you're at for the day. And where you're at relative 
two-year average. So, uh, so what I want to be for t- on today or for the last seven days? Um, I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to do last seven days? Maybe last seven days, because then it'll give you okay. your average number of pickups, your average number oh, of notifications. Oh, this is bad. This is really bad. <laughs> okay, so what is it? Oh, no. Okay, so the first one is how much screen time in the last seven days, and it gives you an average per day. What's yours? Say it out loud. Three hours and 24 minutes per day. Okay, mine's way higher than that. Oh, okay. What's but, yours? But also, can I, in my defense... For the last seven days, most of that time I was on vacation. Yeah. And so I had more time to scroll. I also had more time to have this phone plugged into a, a Bluetooth well, and speaker. I think that that's worth noting. This is horrifying. It says I'm down 27% from last week. Well, that's not horrifying. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, but that's... I mean, <laughs> I will say I have started a little early on this challenge and have been You've trying been thinking to modify about this. But I wanted, because I, I will also say when I was using the, so I've been using Moment for, I don't know, a couple of years. And on Moment, I always average about two hours a day because it gives you like the next day, it'll tell you like. So maybe there's something different about what it classifies as screen time compared to this app. Maybe. So mine was five hours and 27 minutes per day, but it says I was <laughs> but, up, but, but. <laughs> but I was up 21% from last week. Okay. Okay. So what's your most used? Do you see that? Facebook. <gasps> Interesting. Six hours and 44 minutes. Ooh, mine was messages. But my third most was Spotify, and that was us listening to music when we were on vacation. Oh, and that... Four hours and nine minutes. Oh, I'm not happy about what's ranking in my top 10. Pokemon Go. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> That's become a thing in our house, oh, yes. Okay. Um, so this is very, this is enlightening. This is very enlightening, because the next for me is Safari. And the reason why that's interesting is because I don't have social media apps, Yeah, but I do the scroll with the Instagram. And so I would be interested to see... If it'll tell you what you were looking at on Safari. Yeah. So my top two were Facebook and Twitter, and then Instagram was fourth. So if I got rid of social media apps, it'd be huge. Okay. This is weird. So it tells me that I, it ranks Instagram, but I don't have the Instagram app. Is there some way that it can see they're using Instagram in Safari somehow? Oh, creepy. See, they're spying on you. They are. They're listening to you right now. (laughs) So I wonder, okay, so here's the other thing. So podcast 34 minutes. I don't know about you, but for me, I don't really count that. Like, I don't feel like that's time on my phone. Well, that's how I feel about listening to music too. Yeah, I I totally agree. So I, while I respect this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also keep in mind, and this is where we come back to, there's good things and bad things about the phone, right? Yes. So when we see that the screen time is this huge number, that is only part of the picture if a big part of your, quote, screen time is listening to educational podcasts. Right. Like the Improvement Project, for example. (laughs) Always encouraging that. Yes. So one of the other stats that they'll give you is how many times you picked up the phone. So my average per day for the last seven days was 46 per day. Oh, that's not bad. I guess, but maybe if you pick it up and then you're... 112 that I got. So maybe the difference is is that I'm picking it up and scrolling for two hours and you're picking it up and putting it down, picking up and putting it down. I think think I have a paranoia that like I'll have missed... Because I should also say this is my work phone. So I find I have a bit of a like... I'll be afraid that I miss something because I have sounds shut off because I work in an environment with like other people. So I have my notifications quiet. So I think I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. So I 
I do do like the little thumb quite a bit. So there is strategies in the book that will help you with that, that some of our listeners might be able to use. And we'll get into that later in the month when we're talking about specific things that you can do in your notifications so that you're only getting certain things at certain times or from certain people. So you never miss anything. All right. And that's one of the ways that your phone can be good. Use for good instead of evil. Okay. All right. So notifications (laughs) per day average 180 was mine. 687. Really? So that means you have notifications coming from a lot of different sources. What does your... Oh, no, wait. So 687, but it says around 98 per day. Oh, mine says around 25 per day. Okay, that's better. So I have too many notifications on. Well, it depends on... How many messages? 56. But again, I was... (laughs) 280. But my last week was vacation week, so I wasn't texting hardly at all. So that's part of it. Oh, that's not good. So I would guess on another week... Other than a vacation yes. week, that would be also higher for me. Well, and it's worth saying too, like I, when I say this is my work phone, like a lot, like a, at work, we text a lot. Like it's not like an email based, like there's a lot of texting and we use WhatsApp and so So the good news about in. all of this data is that you can look at it and then decide, is this for good or evil that this yes. is happening? But it's still good to know the number, especially things like picking it up and being distracted by it and all the rest of it. I would really like to know other people's numbers so I feel less shamed. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, so... Please uh, share. Yes, please, if you play along with us, why don't you send us, if you are into it, what were your <laughs> number of hours on your phone? How many times did you pick it up? How many notifications? Uh, these are the kind of things that we are interested in and we are fascinated to see how this goes as we try and change things up. Okay, so one thing... Under screen time, when you're at the top, under last seven days, weekly total. It gives you, oh yeah, 38 hours and 20 minutes. Uh, what was yours? 23 hours and 54 minutes, which is so poignant because that is a day. That is six minutes short of a day of my week. Oh my God, I feel ill. I know. I feel a little bit sick too. And I don't know if it was just that questionable burger I had yesterday. <laughs> oh. So the good news about this that we're taking out of it is... I'm shutting my phone off. Yeah. <laughs> Sliding it it just It just gives you us extra motivation to do yes. something different. So Now that we've shamed ourselves. It's fascinating. So uh, if you're listening along and you feel like you want to share what your weekly screen time was, Please you can't do. get much worse than mine at 38 hours. Like, let's be real. <laughs> Although, again, I have to go back and defend myself. A lot of that was listening yes. to music time. So, Which I, I wonder if there's a way to modify this and say, okay, that's not... Sure. Part of it. Because I do like listening to music and I don't think that should count. Well, well, maybe there's a way that we can listen to music on some other device, like a radio and or a this radio cassette you, player. What is this radio you speak of? <laughs> All right. Uh, so um, let's move on and then okay. we'll, uh, we can yes. come back to this. Let's move on. Now it is time for What Are You Digging Lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to or what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity we've found and we feel like you might find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something fun that we are loving, that we are finding useful or practical, or just something fun that is pure frivolity. 
So what I'm digging this week is um, I mentioned that I was on vacation last week and I wanted to shout out a company called My Watuko Vacations. So John and I just got back from this amazing and relaxing week of vacation in Watuko, Mexico. Which I lived vicariously through seeing your pictures. Because we shared things on the phone. It was oh, lovely. Oh gosh, it was um, beautiful. So John and I went with my sister and brother-in-law and everything about this place that we rented was heaven on earth. It was a much different experience than previous vacations where we've been to all-inclusive resorts. Um, we rented a private villa for just the four of us and it was about the same price as going to an all-inclusive, which was great. And it was amazing. So my friend Judy started this company in the South of Mexico about 10 years ago, and I would recommend checking it out if you were looking for a tropical vacation that's sort of in this way versus a traditional uh, resort kind of vacation. So I'll put the link in the show notes. It's my Watuco vacations. It was awesome. I'm feeling refreshed and ready to get back after it. That place didn't even look real. Yeah, it's it was amazing. It I really did feel like when I first got there, I just wanted to walk around sobbing because it was so beautiful. Yeah, I can completely see why after just seeing the pictures, that view. Yeah. That's not even real looking. Yeah, it's beautiful there. And it's it's kind of untouched compared to other parts of Mexico. Yes. They were telling one the one driver that we had told us that in, if you go to like Mayan Riviera of Mexico, which is very popular, a lot of yep. tourists go there, that there's 160,000 rooms available for tourists. And in Watuco, there's about 4,000. So that oh, just wow. gives you an idea of the different scale of, of, of what's available. And Watuco is beautiful. So, yeah. so yes, I'll put a link to that um, so you can check it out. Yeah, I may have to do that. What are you digging this week? Well, I'm digging Matt Diavella yet again. Yeah, I'm still on that train of uh, watching his videos because I'm reserving them for treadmill time. Good. <laughs> Which I'm really enjoying them that much more because I look forward to it rather than doing kind of a mindless just binging. I've been saving them to watch while I'm on the treadmill. And so the thing that I'm really digging is this video that he has called Break Your Phone Addiction, which perfect. perfect. Yeah. It's one of those things that as soon as I saw it, I think I texted it to you straight away. Um, and he speaks with Anthony Angaro, who's another filmmaker, um, which Matt Diavel is a filmmaker. And he is behind the film Break the Twitch, which is all about technology distractions and how to get focused on what really matters. Matt also has a couple videos about taking a break from social media, which are really interesting as well. Um, so Peg has been as kind to, I've given you the YouTube link. We'll um, put it in the show notes for sure. Share that because it's really good. And it, I mean, it's very much what we're talking about here, but it's always cool hearing it said by someone else and... That Matt Diavella, he's just such a nice boy. Oh, I like how he's your your new thing, your new yeah, guy. He's great. He's great. All right, now it's time for you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So I'm up for the win this week, and uh, my win is related to our vacation. First of all, I took a vacation, which is a win. Win. Yay. Uh, and then the second part about it is uh, related to, I've heard our online pretend best friend Gretchen talk about this, but I've heard it other places too, that time seems to do this funny thing as you get older, where it gets, it speeds up, goes faster the older you get. Mm -hmm. And Gretchen usually, the way she describes it, she says is that 
when you get into a rhythm where everything's the same, like you go to work, you pay the bills, you say, have the same breakfast, you do the same lunch, you have the same, everything's kind of the same. There's no new and novel experience to break it up and make time seem more rich and make it feel like it's going slower. So a good example is like, remember when you were a kid and a 15 minute car ride seemed like it took an hour and a half. So everything when you were a kid seemed to last forever. Summer vacations seemed to go so long because you were learning new things. Your brain was like sucking up all this new information. It was a novel experience. Everything was rich and slower. So my win related to this is during the vacation last week, time was so strange. Everything everything was like a beautiful, rich experience with so much to look at and so much to just, and nothing to do. And so there was time did this thing where we were there for only a couple of days and I felt like we'd been there for a week. It was awesome. So there really is something to be said for getting yourself into a situation if possible, whether that's just outside of your regular routine or going away for a week on vacation, if that's something you can do because it changes time. Yeah. So I really wanted to share that as my win this week. Very, very cool. I think, um, I think that's, and I, you and I have talked about this on an earlier podcast as well in keeping with this, um, and this is, you know, we talk a lot about habits and routine and I really come up against it because I love habits and I know the power that they can have in transforming your life, but I hate routine. Mm -hmm. It routine is great and it does amazing things for you, but I get twitchy real quick with routine because I love new novel experiences and the the second I start to feel like things are the same over and over, I get twitchy and I don't like that. Um, so for me, this really resonates because I know that's something I'm focused on is wanting things to feel different. I don't like that. So I've tried to reframe it as instead of routine, it's ritual and it's things that enrich your life and make your life, um, better and more special, but leaving yourself room for new experiences. Cool. So anyway, I totally resonate with that. And I think that's such a cool thing to have a new experience like that. And I would like to look into renting that place because that looked amazing. It was great. It was great. down the time. So I had to learn and my learn was that I had a little setback with breaking my meditation streak again, Mm. but I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat myself up because was it James Clear that said the thing about don't miss our friend, our friend, James Clear, sorry, our friend, James Clear. He said, don't miss two days in a row. That little mantra has given me the ability to give myself some grace. I really love having a streak going. Um, but that's going to be my new thing is that if something happens that I miss a day and it was just a simple forget, um, I find during the week, it's pretty easy. Cause I'll tend to know like, Oh, I have to do this before I leave for work. So I might not do it say at the same time in the morning, but I'll do it before I leave for work. But on the weekends when you're kind of way of being is different. Sure. I missed it. I just simply missed it. The longest streak I've had was 84 days and my most recent streak was 25, but I'm happy to report that since July 21st, I've only missed two days and they weren't consecutive. Awesome. So this is my new thing that I've learned is don't miss more than one day. Perfect. Don't miss two days in a row. I should say. So next week, we're going to be checking in on our progress on our monthly challenge for December to get intentional in our use of technology and work on putting those electronic devices down and tune in to the real world around you. We hope that you'll tune in and play along with us. 
And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Remember to let us know if you are going to join us for this challenge and break up with your phone this month. Also, let us know if you took a look at your screen time and uh, what your number of hours was and what your pickups were. Just give us your stats if you so want to. we don't feel so shame. We don't want to feel shame, but we also are very curious to hear what other people have got. So maybe we're delusional and we're spending way more time than other people. So let us know that we're in, in the same boat as you. All right, email us or send us a voice memo at theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show, especially uh, the seven days, which are the first seven days of the challenge. You'll find those in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. Are you enjoying and getting value from this podcast? If so, if you could go and give us a rating and review on iTunes and subscribe if you haven't already, it will not only make us feel great that you took the time to do it, but it really helps other people to find the podcast so we can help as many people as possible to create new habits. We would love to connect on the socials. I'm on Twitter at Jake House and Peggy is on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. We also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. You have the script open in front of you, darling. I have it. I have it at 150%. that my old lady eyes can see it. How do you make it 150%? I have to zoom. Ooh, 150. Isn't that nice? Love it. Mm, It's a comfortable font size. (laughs) This happens when you get into your 30s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Early 30s. That's right. Gosh. Amazing. My eyes.